In today's episode, we continue our conversation with forensic investigator Trauma Doe. So you do go to court? Oh, absolutely, yes. Who called yes, you? Um, I think twice oh. last year because they're starting all of the cases from 2020 are now because of COVID. All of those cases are now starting to trickle down. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of um, now I have to like the prosecutor is just he has to read me. Okay, this is what you wrote because we can't take anything. We don't take anything from the office at all ever. So uh, you know you you have I read you know the report to refresh my memory because I don't I have no idea I don't remember. Do you know how you know how many cases we work in a year? I have I have no idea. Absolutely. So read me what I wrote, but I can tell you that you're not going to. It's not really going to affect anything because we have a process. We do the same thing every single time, and there's no. It, it's why we do what we do exactly the same way every single time. It's so that they don't, you know, if we, if we just throw out, um, you know, oh, I did it this way this time. No, nope. We, we have, you do it, you know, in this process, when the hospital calls, um, you describe the injuries. What did the hospital do? What did EMS do? Did you touch anything? Did you sew anything up? Okay. Bam, 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 bam. I I didn't identify the person. The person came in as John Doe and um, the hospital did this, this, and this. And the prosecutor said, well, you know, we had a clamshell. What's a clamshell? Well, they cut the his side open so that and they cracked his chest and they sewed up the, this way, you know, this why I tell you, my doc says, get everything they said. And then if you have any questions, ask. But they want to know exactly what that doctor said. Don't dumb it down for me because I'm going to have to explain this to a pathologist. And they know what I'm talking about. And eventually they'll explain it to me. And then when I testify, I'll be able to explain it to you. But you're going to have you're going to have a pathologist testifying. You're going to have the doc from the hospital testifying. Then you're going to have me testifying. And everything is done exactly the same way. I matched the MRN you gave me, the medical records number they gave me to the body the tag on the body i have the right body everything is done very precision exactly the same way every single time we have a process Mm -hmm. i checked the body in i made sure i have the same the right name the right race the right gender bam there we go so do you only get called by the state or do you sometimes testify for any defense no, and no, I do not test. There's no testifying for the defense. No. Okay. Would would they no. be able to call you? They're only they're only um, asking questions in court as a counter to the the prosecution. So we testify because we do work for the state, but we do not work for the police. Okay. We are our own entity. Yeah. And I think I don't think the public understands that so much is we don't work for the police. We are meant to be our own separate entity so that the the police have one 
they have one investigation going on. We have our own. And then, you know, if they, if they don't match up, they don't match up. We have, you know, that that's just the way it is. We work for the people, not the police. Right. Another question about, did you, do you get called in like civil cases? No, Um, not that I'm aware of. No. No. I've never testified in a civil. Okay. So I, I was uh, wondering about, you said suicides are like an automatic autopsy. Is that, was that correct? No. 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 If it's a suicide, um, they, unless it's suspicious. No, they do not get an autopsy. Okay. Because it's just, I heard about some, like there are some very strange cases, of course, uh, where, you know, very strange suicides um, where, you know, the family are not sure it's a suicide. And sometimes it's like, um, some families just don't want to believe it's a suicide. And sometimes, you know, I guess it's the pathologist that has to explain how they determined this was a suicide. If the family makes, if the family is really determined or if the police have any question whatsoever, we will do an autopsy. Okay. But if everybody's agreed that it's a suicide and if they have made attempts in the past, then no, we will draw toxicology and send the blood downtown to see if they have any drugs in their system. But unless there's some question, no. So either, but that doesn't mean everywhere because we're not, you know, um, we do, the military has their own pathologists that may travel. So if they're in the military, the military does their own. So, um, but if the family is really persistent and says, and that goes for anything, not just suicides, but if the family is very persistent and says, no, we, we want an autopsy, we may, we may do one. And can any family decide, like, do they have uh, power over the body? Can they decide to get one privately done and pay for it themselves? You know, say, no, technically the body, once it's been, once it's been deemed an autopsy, the body's mine. Okay. It's my jurisdiction. And as soon but as that's if I, if I decide now, if I decide, if I decide no, that, that it's, um, it's not an autopsy, then they can do like, I've been asked, um, if there's a, um, uh, a priest on scene. And I decide that it's no longer considered a property of the state then, and they want to do last rites or something like that. And I've had that happen in the past. I'll be like, you're, you're good to do whatever you want to do for the family. Um, because technically in, um, it, last rites are supposed to be for the living, not, not the deceased, but, um, if it makes them feel better, I, do whatever it is that you need to do because you're if the body is the jurisdiction of the state um you're not supposed to touch it nobody does, touches anything until i get there and then i do what i need to do um but once it's deemed declined this is no longer the state's jurisdiction they can do whatever 
they need to do to, you know, for the family. And then if the family can do whatever they, they like, but, um, it, it is my jurisdiction and my, are this property of the state until I say it is no longer property of the state. All right. I had a, I had a question. Um, have you ever had a situation where something stopped you in your tracks because the body looked like someone you knew or no? Only once. And it was because it was an on duty firefighter. And again, on duty firefighters and firefighters have, even retired firefighters automatically get an autopsy um, because of the nature of our dude, our our um, job, mm-hmm. um, and exposure to carcinogens and even the diesel fuel. Even though we have those um, those little things that you put on the the exhaust in the station. Um, I've been exposed since 1992, so I would be entitled to a autopsy if I wanted one. Knowing now what I know, you know, didn't know then, I don't think I, 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 I'm absolutely adamant. No, I do not want to put myself through that. Even though I'm dead, I, I don't think I want to go for an autopsy, but, um, unless I'm, I'm, killed in some way that requires it I won't have a choice but Mm -hmm. um I think seeing someone dressed in that uniform Mm -hmm. just you know really made me um kind of stop and pause um But I've been preparing, uh, we all had what we called a bad day book, and mm-hmm. we prepared for our funerals from the time we were rookies. And knowing that, you know, when you walk out that door, you may not walk back in it again. Um, it was just part of our life. It, it, mm-hmm. We never really thought about it. And we've had quite a few funerals um, lately. Um Though I don't think these other ones know, I do know that you you were a firefighter and an yeah, EMT. firefighter paramedic. Yeah, yeah. Before don't demote me now, Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> no demotion. Um, no, I think you're amazing. I think you're. You know, I think you are incredible. It was the best fun anything. I ever had. They paid me for it, so don't feel too bad for me. But <laughs> um, it was it was the best job I ever had, and. Um, it it was it i I've, I've been to way too many funerals and i think that was the first time i i ever really um it's there's a difference between seeing somebody in a casket and seeing them you get to see them before they're prepared the uh, firefighter emts around here saved my life so i nobody gets demoted at all in my eyes <laughs> well I spend a good portion of my time as a um, as a firefighter EMT, uh, not, not a firefighter EMT, as a paramedic. Um, and um, it's it was a difficult transition from EMT to paramedic. I didn't know there was a difference. I thought that was 
Oh, there's a big difference. Oh, there's okay. a couple of years of college involved oh. and um, you administer, you administer um, narcotics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, you're the highest level. Yeah. It, you're the highest level of, of um, medical personnel. And it means that if there's a um, medical call, you're in charge, you're the highest level. And that means that the chief can't tell you what to do unless he's a paramedic and he outranks that you. Sense. That makes you sense. outrank, you outrank all the fire personnel. And if somebody's not doing any, if somebody's doing something wrong in the interest of your patient, you can order them to stop. And that did not make me any friends when I saw people doing something wrong. Um, but on the fire ground, I was the, yeah, I was still a rookie um, because I didn't, I didn't work as many fires. Um, the EMS personnel didn't work as many fires because they were, we were so understaffed okay. medically. So I spent more time on the ambulance that I did on the fire engine. So, um, and again, it did lead me to this job. So I retired in, in um, 20. 14 because I, I tried to lift a woman that was, um, about 450 pounds and it ruined my back. And, Mm. um, so I try to lift as little as possible. Oh, yeah. So we have, we asked uh, this question and I'm very curious, um, what you talked about in the bad day book. Yeah, and I thought, what, oh. what makes a what makes a good day for you? Because maybe when you're EMT or firefighter, you save people, you put out fires. But what's a good day? When do you feel like I did something today to help others, or you know? Well, as a firefighter paramedic, you used to have a good day. You know, there were days where you say you actually saved lives. Mm-hmm. Now you're seeing all bad days. Mm-hmm. There aren't many good days, but I can say that they, even on Christmas when I had some, um, I, I, my very first, I was out the door at five thirty in the morning this Christmas, but even through their tears, um, people do stop me and say, thank you for your compassion. And for, you know, spending the time with us and explaining to us what was going to happen and making this process as easy as possible, because there are people behind those deaths. There are survivors behind those deaths. And even on overdoses, I tell the families, this is not your your family member did not. This isn't your matter you know i don't judge i just need the truth i need you to answer me honestly and i am sometimes shocked at how honest people can be with me i'm not the police i'm not here to arrest you i have no skin in this game i need you to just tell me so that i can make this as easy for you as possible and i always hesitated when somebody called for a cause and manner of death telling them your loved one died because they took too much heroin or too much fentanyl and I was relieved when they say I knew he was a drug addict because it made it a little bit easier and I hate to say this on me 
but, but I'm trying to make it easier on them by not putting that in their head because I don't want them to think of their loved one that way. But those are the facts and I have to, I have to tell them as it is. And I would kind of hedge my telling them by saying, did you know? And a lot of times they did. It's kind of hard to hide that. But a good day for me would, would be when I would make them feel a little less horrible about, Mm. you know, old people pass on, but when you've got a three week old baby, Mm. how do you make people feel better about that? Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you navigate them through that process? So I try to make it as easy as possible, give them my card with the case number, say, this is what you do next. You're going to have a lot of questions, but this is your next step. So do this. And then here, call this phone number. And this is what they're going to navigate you through the rest of this, but you can't think right now. So this is what I'm going to give to you. And, and if you need anything, you're going to call this number and they're going to help you with the next step, but take this one day at a time because nobody expects this. And this is going to be hard. And I know that. So only think about this next. Well, I would imagine that would be very important for a family and, and um, victims families to feel that somebody cares both about the person who died and cares about them and tries to help them. Because as I understand it, there is no like trauma response, first responder to help the family's victims when they have to go through stuff like this. It's usually if they know a priest, they go to a priest, but there's no. We do have, we do have um, people like, I have a friend who lost her husband and she had two children. There are teams um, of people that go and help with that, especially talking to the children. Yes. And, and I appreciate, I appreciate that. I run into them quite often. Actually, they're still, they're already on scene by the time I get there and I've talked to them. Um, I do have um, training in helping us helping the fire department, helping people that do what what I do in making sure that we are okay. Because I think that is important. We are a lot of times we don't think about ourselves and how this affects us. Yeah. That was Um, a question I was going to have about, (laughs) you know, how, how you handle this emotionally. Um, Are you able to distance yourself from, from the victims or, you know, especially children? I think that would be, that would be so difficult. I think um, I learned as a first responder, I think men, especially compartmentalize. I think we all compartmentalize. And um, I think that's why I started with um, ICISF, which is located in Maryland. And um, they do training classes on that. And I started taking those training classes a, um, a couple of years ago. And they are invaluable. They do have teams that respond internationally or nationally. 
Um, I've been a member since 2021, I believe. I started taking classes and I started paying for them myself and um, getting certified with that so that I could assist. And we they they actually have teams and they're headed by a psychologist. Um, they do have, I think uh, Montgomery County has a facility that treats first responders um, and assist them when they have reached a point where they can't handle what they're, they're seeing anymore. But again, I think as a first responder, I saw that I did have good days and I had some really horrendous bad days. And it's, it's, it's amazing when people at parties are always like, Oh, what's the worst call you ever had? Wow. Thanks. You know, don't, why would you make me relive that? And I understand that, you know, they're, I get really touchy with people who are a little too interested in what I do, you know, mm-hmm. um, those are the ones you want to look out for. And I'm paying very close attention to this, um, uh, the four kids that were killed in, oh, yeah. in their yeah. sleep and the, the guy that, that mm-hmm. um now is accused of their murders i'm getting are we very... talking we're we're talking about the four Idaho. college students yes in idaho yeah. yes okay i'm keeping i'm keeping a very close eye on on how this one turns out because i've i've got thoughts but i i want to see if i'm correct I, I i have my i have my suspicions about him um because when somebody gets a little too interested and, you know, do you do ride alongs? No, I don't. You cannot ride along with me. You cannot come see. Oh, no, I don't think that that would. Mm-mm. No, that wouldn't but, be good. No, but he no. Was, he was going to school for a Ph.D. in criminal justice. Yes, he was. Oh. But he was also trying to do a study. Um, he was asking criminals and there's very strict. I do have a degree in psychology. There's very strict rules about what you can and cannot do as far as studies oh, mm-hmm. um very strict rules about that For and i have very yeah there i have very i have questions about that study he was trying to do about whether or not he could he could ask the questions that he was asking of the criminal community um oh, okay. Okay. yeah because it was the that that questionnaire that he he had out there it was pulled pretty quickly so um i don't know whether or not the the questions he was asking were valid but um it's it's a it's a very um it's a very strange world we that that we as we do have um very private facebook communities that we interact in As a matter of fact, um, I had a friend who's, um, he had a, he had a little bit of a situation where there was, um, he needed, he, he needed a crime scene cleanup crew in like Florida, Alabama area. And I put the word out that does anybody know anyone that can help? And within like 15 minutes, we had arranged for it was, it was, it was a suicide that happened. And, and within 15 minutes, I had arranged for a contact for him through our community. And I thought, 
you know, what a, an amazing thing and what a really creepy thing that is yeah. to be able to reach out to people that I have never met and say, hey, I need a contact. Does anybody know anybody that, you know, because I mean, I could reach out to somebody here if anybody needed that. I could reach out to somebody here and within minutes have somebody who could do that here. So it seems like a very necessary network of people that you would need to have. You would need to have that kind of support privately. Yeah, it it is. And and I mean, if you think about it, if that happened to you, if somebody had done that, and I think about having to come back to the same house, and I don't, I even even me myself, I don't think I could clean up. And this this young woman had her boyfriend do that and she can't even she can't even function she needs somebody else to do that for her right and i you know within a few minutes came back and said hey i've got a contact for you here you go pass this on to your friends so that she can at least get that taken care of even if she can't go back in the apartment right and that's an incredible resource to have and um and I'm glad that, you know, I, over the years I have, you know, I think the um, the International Association of Firefighters has, I mean, we, we're the whole of North America. There isn't anything that I couldn't ask of my brothers, even though sometimes there are royal pain in my butt. It is a family. Yeah. And we don't have to know each other in order to ask each other, to, you know, advice or whatever you know we we are we have been through so much and Mm -hmm. i way back there in north carolina there was a furniture store fire and i remember going to that funeral and there being something like twelve thousand people around me and i could ask anything of any one of those people and they would do something they would do something for me we you bond over that and there's nothing that you can't do. This community is much, much smaller. And yet we, I can ask anything of them. We, we share information. We um, ask of other agencies, what, what do you do in this situation when you do, but it is a much, much smaller community of people. And um, there's a, you have to have a, um, trust in that situation. So um, I think there's a, there's still a lot to learn and we still have to recognize that um, science changes and people who are in um, jobs that, that use science have to understand that it is not, you know, we don't, there are very few laws in science. Yeah. Very few. And we have to understand that you can't, you, you can't always nail it down and you have to recognize that. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are, a lot, a lot of families ask me, which can't you tell me exactly when he died? Stop watching CSI. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. It does not work like that. We do not walk into dark rooms. We do turn on the lights. 
You know, if they are, if they are there, we turn them on. We don't walk around with flashlights all the time. Although I have asked a lot, a lot of police officers, would you please aim that flashlight over here? And by the way, could you do something about that gun? And they're like, what gun? That one right there, over there, the loaded one. Could you get rid of that? Wow. But I've been asked to do the same. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't touch those things. That's not my job. Yeah. Yeah, And don't deal with guns. I think it's very important that when you testify as a like in science that you 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 stick to what the facts are that you can be certain about and state those facts because I think a lot of problems with the uh, junk science and stuff like that is science but it's over applied or it's yeah. being testified. Things to. have changed since then. Yeah. 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 I. 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 I yeah. This. Hmm. There's some there's some stuff going to be coming down the pike that I'm dreading and um, we'll see what happens. But that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. Wow. Whoo, you guys. (laughs) And there's a book that's going to be coming out um in february and um we'll talk about that off the record you guys can probably you're gonna have to read it because i can't wait for it to come out i've already ordered my my i've already pre-ordered my copy and we'll see if my name's (laughs) i know my name's in it so yeah Yeah. i think ellen has a heart out real soon here yeah so um would you want to come back on another time and maybe talk about your experience as firefighter emt or sure. paramedic 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 yeah you guys you guys uh yeah well you it's funny because i'm always joking with my boss that he keeps demoting me and i'm like <laughs> my stepdaughter just got her emt she just became an internationally registered emt but um yeah paramedic is um there's i did it emt then emti which is intermediate then paramedic so yeah um that's a couple that's a couple of years of college and uh, um yeah. and somebody said yes yesterday about risking his license and i said EMT is a certification. A yeah. paramedic is a license. So yeah. um, okay. come back and talk to me when you re- when you reach that goal. So yeah. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check back next week for our conversation with a professional juror from Denmark. And if you haven't already, please subscribe so you can get notified of when our new episodes release. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Touch by Crime. Thanks, and we hope to see you again next week.